Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. Well, I say this week. It's been a hot minute since we've done one, but, you know, I think it's time we start rolling them back out. Today, we have got Dan Jacob Ellis. I think I said that right. He'll correct me, I hope, if I'm wrong. From Top Gun Barbecue. Dan, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's an honor to talk to you today, Mr. David. Oh, man. It's all my honor. My honor. To, I'm glad you was able to take time to do this. Just to let everyone know what we got going is we have got nothing but bad weather between the two of us. So we've been trying to do this podcast for <laughs> quite right. some time and just haven't had a chance to get it pulled out. Dan, tell everybody where you're, where you're located right now. I live in Staten Island, New York. Staten Island, New York, and yep. I'm in Oklahoma. How did, well, let, let, before we get to that and everything, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do in barbecue? What makes you Top Gun barbecue? <laughs> we, uh, we just finished our seventh year of competing, seven years, but only uh, 70-something competitions. And uh, we're getting ready, practicing. I just trimmed chicken for a little practice. We're doing it at the house this weekend. So what's your strong suit? Do you think brisket, ribs? What, what What's your strong suit when it comes to barbecue? I don't know. I try, you know, I try not to look at, uh, at it as four individual categories. I try to look at it as one because, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll lack in one one week and then Come back strong. I, I just try to try to look at it as one overall game. So I I, I couldn't tell you right, I mean, right now. I would say ribs. I feel the best about the most like intuitive reactionary. Uh, I think category there is. You know, every little move you make kind of gets felt in some way, shape, or form. Brisket, I think, has a little more. In my opinion, has a little more of a. Uh, a little open ended for uh, messing up and fixing and such a long process so there's a lot of things you can do along the way you know to help it or hurt it yeah i agree totally on that what 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 is what type of what's your favorite ribs i mean do you have a brand that you go with or do you are you subject to just what the local wholesale clubs have got well we're lucky enough to be sponsored uh brand partnership with prairie fresh so we've been using them as their the third year working together, coming into our third year. So we actually got the primes this year. Last year, until we didn't get the primes until August, I want to say. So we were cooking the Prairie Fresh natural butts and ribs. And this year, we started, we're going to start full year prime butts, prime ribs. So we're excited about that. The primes, Prairie Fresh primes are unbelievable. Really, really good. Man, tell me about them. I last year I bought up a whole bunch at the first of the year. I got the green label. The I think they were the naturals. So tell me and tell the listeners. Those are naturals, yeah. Yeah, the primes. I'm really wanting to get into them. I just haven't done it. So did, did you cook any of the others? Did, was there a big difference if you did um, when you switched over? Yeah. So yeah, we had two years. Uh, two years. I look at the Royal as the year, up until the year. So two seasons cooking the naturals, butts and ribs. 
And then it was at the Royal this past year. We were up in the refrigerated truck, and I saw the primes. I was tempted. I was tempted to say, man, like, whew, I got to. I got to try these, but I didn't want to do it at the Royal itself. I wanted to keep, you know, we, we came into the Royal smoking hot. We just won a grand championship. Uh, the week before that, we won six last year. So we were on fire at that point. I didn't want to uh, mess around and try those primes out at the Royal itself. But we tried the primes uh, a couple weeks after that and ended up cooking them at the Jack. And I got second place and ripped the Jack. Nice. These things are unbelievable. The marbling, the flavor. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the, They'll knock your socks off. They remind me a couple of years ago, the butcher block, I think it was. You know the ones that they were injecting with lard? Yes. Did yes. you hear about them? Yes. A couple of years ago? Yeah. So it reminds me of that, just not as kind of that little bit of that phony texture where you know something funny is going on. It's just, it's just it, it was great. It, it's like that, but better. It's got all the goodness of that, but better. The ribs you're getting, are they single packs? Single packs, yep. Okay. And the pork butts, are they single packs? Same pack? with the butts, single packs. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, money, muscles, the caps, everything's great. I'm in love with it. Good amount of fat cap on the bottom. That, yeah, nice and consistent. Sometimes over a quarter inch, and then I'll, I'll you know, feather it out, and I'll flap it over if there's a little spot where it's a little. Uh, yes. You know, the spot where the bacon might be showing a little bit. I still have enough to make a, a real uh, precision cut there and and flap it over. Cool. Good, good. Well, what are you cooking on? What kind of a cooker do you use? Well, we got real lucky. We got a gift from the Barbecue Gods this past uh, off-season, a little over a year ago. I saw on Facebook Marketplace somebody was selling a jumbo, a backyard jumbo smoker. He had it listed as jumbo, and I looked at the picture. I said, that, that's a jambo. <laughs> so i called my brother yeah we, we we got in the car we we i emptied the trailer around really quick we got in the car went to tom's river new jersey and uh i ended up i didn't think he was uh i, I wanted to test him on messages because i you know we're gonna get robbed and we're gonna get jumped when we show up i didn't know so i said maybe we could i'll offer this guy a trade to see if he's not just looking for a cash grab you know mm-hmm. so i traded him a uh a Yeti, a Yeti 65 and 150 bucks. What? A backyard jambo. You yeah, got to wild? be kidding me. Yeah, that's a gift from the barber you got. You ain't a kidding there. So did you mount that on a trailer yourself or do you <laughs> roll it in and out of a trailer for cooking at comps? Well, I'll tell you, that's, that's another thing. Our trailer was already fully set up. So like, my tables bolted on the wall. Everything was in place, and we were cooking on four gateway drums before that. Now we do the Jambo backyard and two gateway drums. And just the way it's orientated, the way it works is all I do is I push it right out onto the – I put the door down, act like a deck. I put two jacks underneath it. And, you know, even – it's a also a left-handed Jambo, and that just happens to be the perfect way that, you know, we run it in the fireboxes close to the it's on the trailer side so i don't got to get down off all around to put wood in uh it's it, it also that way it's set up the firebox is so close as it blocks wind so we don't get any real wind from any side because the trailer is blocking it nice so it's, yeah we really lucked out with the orientation of it and the quality of the pit golly yeah i'd say lucked out's a great way to word that <laughs> 
So what's your favorite wood? Mm-hmm. Um, you said two gateways in the jambo. I'm oh, sorry, the jumbo. Um, we got to get it right. Jumbo, jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite uh, wood? Charcoal, lump, um, wood itself. What What do you roll with? I roll with eight-inch pecan splits from Smoke Firewood. That's another. We're lucky enough to have a brand partnership with them. And I'm not just saying it because we work with them, but I mean, these the eight inch pecan splits for that jumbo, the size of the firebox, it's, it's magic. Cause you know, sometimes we did a class last weekend and the way I was explaining it is the number of splits will give you more heat. Sometimes you need two, sometimes you need one. Sometimes you, you know, you need one small one. Just, I think having that eight inch split, you have a lot more freedom to put a little on, take a little off rather than, you know, you're committed. If you have a 16 inch split, you put that thing on and you might smother what you have going. You might smother out. But I just think that those small, nice pecan splits from them work so great. That is so important as to what you just said. I absolutely love it. And I haven't really thought slash heard it put quite like that. Sometimes you're, and you're absolutely right. It's just too much. And you're like, man, do I go with it now? Do I wait? And sometimes I, I can see where a half a stick, which what we'd call a half a stick would be perfect. But if you've got them already split, oh, that's, that's genius, dude. I love your way of thinking on that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it just, it, I start with charcoal, a little base, Royal Oak charcoal, a little bottom base, and then uh, get it going. And we actually have one of those Thermawork time sticks right next to the firebox. And then I'll judge. I'll put one on and say, mm, I might need another one in eight minutes and put, put it to eight minutes. And I might need another one in 12 minutes and set that timer. So as much crap as we got going on, that timer goes off. It's time for the next. Time for the next, uh, time for the next stick. Yeah. So since this, uh, Jambo is fairly new to your arsenal for comp cooking, what, what are you wanting to run on a can and what are you wanting to run on the Jambo? Yeah. So we, you know, the secret's out because we had a class, we told everybody, but really <laughs> a cool thing that we had going on was we uh, we kind of go, say you're cooking two hours and outside of the foil to get your bark, we would break that down to like an hour and 45 minutes on that jambo to get like, you know, the old school stick burner type smoke and render, and then we jump onto a can, flip it around, get it sizzling, get that kind of the best of both worlds going on. Then yeah. we'd foil. That's of all the different meats or just the big meats? Uh, everything but chicken. Everything? Chicken, we just go in the can. The whole nice. Way. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's literally it's picking your poison. Cool. Well, listen, you know, I, I, I think, again, I keep referencing the class because we just, I just did it. I just, you know, went through all this, this progression and explained to people my thought process. So it's fresh in my head. I think you don't hear a lot that you should wrap to the render. A lot of times you hear people wrap to time, which we know isn't great, but wrapping to color, I don't love as well. I think wrapping to a render, you need to start seeing some fat come to the surface, a little sizzle, 
And if it's not rendered right, then you can only do so much when you're going all moist heat in the foil pack, you know? I'm sitting here thinking that's, that is being a pit master right there, bud. I mean, Dan, that is, that is great. That's smart. That, and then nothing changes. Your ambient temperature, um, wind, you're still going with that. No matter if it's quicker or slow in your time frame, you're still working on what the meat's doing, right? Uh, exactly. So, I mean, I, honestly, I learned the hard way. About four years ago at the Royal, I, I got decent color in my brisket, nothing crazy. I just got, you know, good color. Wrapped it. And since you know, you you, you want to pick your best flat for the Royal. Flat was huge. And I was 124, I remember, seeing the temperature in foil. So then I remember thinking to myself, what am I doing? I, yes, I got good color, but this thing, this thing is 124, so it just it can't be right. It's not rendered. It's just going to steam its way up to 2-whatever until it's done. And it just it's just different, and it just isn't quite right with the muscle fibers at that point. So the mouthfeel, the texture, yeah, and you're going to get rid of that richness too by doing it um, over steaming. Exactly. You push it out. It's just too much pressure built up in there. So do you cook uh, the high-end Wagyu worlds or are you sticking with a prime choice type world? No, we're into the uh, butcher shop. Cool. Yes. The, uh, full Love them guys. Yeah. Yep. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah, they're also yep. very nice people. All right. Comp cooking. So you said the Royal. What what style of cooking do you do? Do you do the New England? Do you do KCBS? What do you what do you roll with? No, we've only ever done KCBS. Never even thought about doing an ancillary. Uh, no steak, no, no funny business, no nothing, just coming straight out of KCBS four categories. That's it. I'm kind of the same way. When I get there, I, I'm there to enjoy it, cook my cook. I, I don't do any ancillaries. Very seldom do I, I do a steak and that's, we're talking, it's probably been three years since I've done one of those. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not there to, to, to work that hard. I'm just there to enjoy and cook. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my brother's my teammate, and I always joke around with them. I say, until we 180 everything, uh, then there's always room for improvement. I don't want to start deviating. I don't want to bring more crap. I just, you know, <laughs> until you uh, got it all figured out, which will never happen, that's the beauty of it, then I think, in my opinion, I don't ever really want to mess around with that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Stepping out of the KCBS world, what do you do for a living? What makes your mind think the way it thinks? What What is your profession? Because we let's be real. I know you're not paying your bills on your winnings. Well, <laughs> no, 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 it's impossible. <laughs> uh, well, I went to culinary school. I went to the CIA. Graduated in 2013, and then I was a. I worked at Blue Smoke, a restaurant in Manhattan. I worked my way up to a sous chef. I worked there for eight years, and then I left. And uh, I got a job, city job as a teacher. So I teach culinary arts now. Very nice. That's great. That's great. I remember reading that on your website. Mm -hmm. um, do you still do a lot of catering? 
Yeah, we do from time to time. My brother's a firefighter. My other brother, Ben, is a firefighter. So a lot of stuff for the firehouse, Christmas parties, any party that they have going on, something for the kids. And then other firehouses kind of get wind of, you guys got barbecue? So, <laughs> you know, it's really, I just do a lot. In, in, the, in the pandemic, I was doing a lot of stuff that Prairie Fresh would donate some meat for first responders. I would cook it. And when they were going through a tough gig there uh, in Manhattan, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm regulated to to just doing real close friends and family and uh, stuff at the firehouse. Well, let me ask you this: in a culinary world, um, you're very well qualified. You're skilled in that. Is there anything that you feel? What's the right way to say? In thinking in a culinary world, in that frame of mind. Do you think that assisted you in getting as quick or as far in competition barbecue as you have? Do you feel like you use those skills in this? What came first, as a matter of fact? What what came first? Yeah, listen, I'll I'll tell you. Well, I mean, I my my dad got me a smoker when I was sixteen, and the culinary school was eighteen years old. So, I guess I mean I dabbled in the backyard. But I did my first competition. I think I was 22. I'm 30 years old now. Okay. So kind of hand in hand, but, but so, yeah. yeah, as far as the other thing. All right. So honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. The only, well, I should say the biggest thing that stands out to me is I found myself doing a lot of catering for blue smoke, doing off-site gigs. And eventually I got to the point where they would just send me and a couple other guys and I was more the leader of those things. And, you know, you're doing a wedding for 300 people. You need to bring every little thing. You need to think about your site, water, electricity, you know, how the wind's blowing that day. Every little thing. Do I have enough charcoal? What's my fuel? What's the weather out? And I just think doing all those off-site catering events... I'm spending week prepping, making the plan the week before, executing what you want to execute each day, getting up to it, the pack out, the clean up, all those little things I think help me with the logistics of doing a barbecue cook. Yeah, nothing was new to you, basically. Yeah, following a, a, a plan of action was was SOP. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm lucky to have worked with chefs who got me thinking like that. And, you know, it started just as an intern, <laughs> learning from them. And, and you know, also we used to do a huge event, the Big Apple Barbecue Block Party, where pit masters from around the country would come and call Blue Smoke home for the weekend, put on a huge event around Madison Square Park, and I became, you know, I got to build relationships with with a lot of legends in barbecue just from that weekend. I, I was able to do that for, I think I did seven or eight of them before it stopped and before I left. So, you know, Mike Mills, all these guys from different areas would all come, and I would directly deal with them. Hey, Chris Lilly, do you need anything? Or, hey, uh, Sam Jones, uh, you name it, Rodney Scott, all legends would come and i would get to kind of you know pick their brains and get referred to 
you know, ask this guy this, ask that guy that, and it was nice. That was really, that got me rolling. That is something in your pocket that no one can ever replace or you couldn't have learned in a classroom. Right, 100%. So with that in mind, is that what made you look at competition cooking going, hey, this is something that I think I could enjoy? Well, yes, but I think the biggest thing that pulled me in is uh, the whole time I knew, the whole time I was at that restaurant, Blue Smoke, I kind of knew that I wasn't there for the long, long haul. I ended up spending eight years there, but I always felt working in a high-octane environment like that was was like being a running back in the NFL. It was like, you know, you, you get beat down for the amount of years, but it's got to eventually be time to go. So I knew I would eventually settle off in the job that I'm in now because my father worked there in the same job for 33 years. He was a culinary arts instructor, just like me. So I knew I would, or I guess in the back of my head, I always knew I had something like that to fall back on, and I wanted to stay in the industry. So doing competitions really was one of things that I could see a kid from Staten Island staying in the full-on barbecue industry yet have the safety and the pension and the benefits of being a city employee. Well, that's why I was fixing to ask you, has that ever sparked the um, thought of opening your own, doing your own thing, or you do feel that you want that comfort of having the the job security yeah so i'd rather at least right now i'd rather uh do comps because i always felt like i'd be in the driver's seat in case i ever did want to open something up i don't right now i don't but who knows if i ever ever want to in the future then i'd have the following i'd have the you know when you see when you go to a, a a great restaurant and see all the trophies laying around. That's the part I'm working on now. I gotcha. And then maybe between now and then being executive chef somewhere also just to kind of help with recipes and menus while still working at the, your culinary uh, teachings will give you maybe another feather in the hat that you know that you can accomplish that for yourself down the road. Yeah, I just, I know I'm the type of person who's going to go all in in whatever I do. So, I, I, again, that's another thing that keeps me back from opening a restaurant. I know I would want to be 100% all in. And, you know, I have a baby on the way, a wonderful wife at home. So just to have the time to spend at home and be a family man as well as do a good job at work, competition's really just makes sense right now and hopefully for the future. You know, I think you struck on something right then that is any or all of us competitors. You know, I don't think any of us go out there wanting to do it halfway. I think you hit it right on. If if we're going to compete, I think most of the top 50% of the competitors, maybe more than that, I don't know, maybe less than that. Dude, if we go out there, it's all in. I mean, we put our heart heart and soul in it. We've thought of this for years, months, weeks, days leading into it. 
And I think the ownership we put in our food is what sets us aside from other other type cooks. Um, I think the steak cook officers there, chili cook yep. officers have been there in the past. But I think you're you're right on by saying I go all in because yeah, when we're all in, dude. I mean, short of not making a house payment, we're going to do what it takes to get the best brisket, the best whatever. <laughs> because, I mean, ain't I right? I'm right, ain't I? I think you have to be. I honestly think you have to be just because of the nature of the beast. You really have to be. One detail, one detail that's missed will, will throw your whole weekend off. Yeah, because I even think, well, I know this way. I think Team X over there, they're going to do that. So I better not only do that, I need to put my yep. spin on it to be half a step ahead. That's right. Yeah, or, or don't even bother showing up. <laughs> that's right i'm not going halfway that's right yeah right? I, yeah I, I i i want the best brisket yeah. i want the best i don't want to be out meated i don't want to be out cooked i don't want to be out smokered i don't want to be, i mean i don't care i'm gonna buy the best extension cord that it takes to run my lights <laughs> so. well listen I'm, I'm happy you're saying all these things because that's that's the choice that i made a while ago and that's what i'm sticking to <laughs> I think we've all made those choices. Um, contrary to our spouse's beliefs or wants, um, that's just the way we are. We're wired that way. <laughs> and I think it's better. And I do, I think it translates to other parts of your life. You know, you take on a new project when you're putting something together at home. I think it, you know, if you, very simple, you lay out your raw materials, have a plan. Uh, do your best, execute, and clean up, and work neat. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> so nothing I hate. Anything. There's nothing I hate worse than to do a home project and have to make three runs to town because I didn't have everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I get your measles plus now. Yeah. So tell tell us tell everyone how me and you hooked up. Well, I mean just. Just from using your products from a long time, from when I started, from the, geez, before I even took class, before, I think one of the competitions we were using most of your stuff, because, yeah, I've always looked up to you as far as uh, seeing you on TV when I was younger. Uh, you know, I think the trust your butcher thing goes a long way, because I think there is a lot of trust just from seeing how knowledgeable you are and uh, seeing how much pride you take in each of your products. So there is a lot of trust there that I'm sure you put in the work. I'm sure you put in the uh, time and energy to make sure that product is great. And like that translates, I, I want to piggyback off that. A lot of other people do too, but you know, I want to piggyback off of the effort that you've put into your products. If they're good enough for you, they're good enough to me, for me, obviously. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Those are very kind words. And, and I, I've said it a hundred times um, in the past, and I'll say it a hundred times more. I am not a chef. I'm a barbecue cook. And when I have a chef tell me that, I'm honored. I mean, I'm honored, clean down to my the, the backside of my brain to the bottom of my toes, um, because you guys are the ones that are skilled in everything. I just think that I may be skilled in meat and putting it over fire, okay? But to hear it from you, man, that I'm honored. I, just, I don't know any other way to say it. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for that. And also, I just think it comes down to chef, plumber, whatever, electrician, whatever it is. Any, you just want to eat the stuff that tastes good, right? I mean, that's all we want to do. So anyone wants something that tastes good. Well, that's true. That's absolutely true. And I think that, would you say that in your food that you're cooking for competition or for barbecue, it's a marriage, it's a marriage of the flavor, the smoke, the heat, the spices, the, the, the ambiance, the, the everything, or do you tend to like go one way or another and let other people, um, add things to it? Well, how do you like to, to present? Well, I think the number one thing that you need to realize is it's the the whole nature of being one bite barbecue. So every single thing you just named has to be jacked up because in other eating experiences, you would sit there and have 10 bites, 15 bites, 20 bites, maybe 30 bites of that same item. But if you're only having one, you need to jack everything up. You need to punch all the flavor up, punch because it's all relative. If you punch the salt up, now you got to punch the sweet up, the acidity up. You got to, you know, perform differently for that one bite barbecue. So that's where I think comp barbecue differs. I think take one bite and judge it. Also going back to that thing of how much, you know, pride us cooks have in our uh, competition barbecue. I think it's very hard to judge yourself. So I'm lucky to have my father, like I mentioned, who's a chef and my brother who's worked so close to me all the time. They, I, I trust them. They do a great job of judging, and I really do. I really trust what they have to say. It's hard for you to judge your own food because you have it, such a dog in the fight. All right. Just out of curiosity, what kind of of type of food does your dad, is he a chef with right now? What well, he genre? He did the same job as me, so he taught. He's a, oh, he's a teacher. That's he right. He's an kids, instructor, uh, isn't he? That's right. Kids. Yeah, he, yeah. He was he was an instructor. Yeah. So so there's a lot of freedom. We do everything. We teach you how to, you know, cook for yourself. Really, it's on the job training and teach you how to <laughs> go to your job with the right mindset. Walk in like a professional. Wash your hands. Put your apron on. It's more more like uh, discipline to come in and work a job, whether that job is any job you could possibly have out there. It's the steps of preparing yourself for work. Okay. Here's, here's something that, um, would make me think, you know, let's say right when you were just getting started and you're like, you know, I think I'm going to try this competition cooking and you got some ribs, you got some chicken and down pork and then the briskets and all that good stuff. Yes. You were, enrolled or you already in school or you're out of school you were cooking for blue smoke what what whenever the time frame was when you first handed that first plate of your what you wanted to be competition cue to your pops and said dad try this and give me your honest opinion <laughs> what you know <laughs> oh, he's always a sucker for ribs Okay. Okay. Let's say that. Yeah. Let's go with ribs in. You handed him your first ribs and okay. You had your uh, opinions on it. What did he do and how did he react? Well, listen, he'll give it to you straight. And, and you know, it gets me, it gets me heated a little bit when he gives one thing. And when I hand him a rib and he'll say, 
it's a little gritty on the bottom because maybe my brown sugar hasn't dissolved. Maybe the rub didn't really get in there or something. So he'll, he'll, he'll give it to you real. He'll, 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 he'll 100% be truthful about the tenderness and, and tell you a little tight, little, uh, little over, a little mushy, a little dry, a little, he's dead on with his tenderness judging. And, uh, I'd say he is a little sensitive with salt. So I don't always 100% take that to heart and he's sensitive with spice so he he judges everything fairly and uh i want it i want it straight i really want Boy, you ain't what's going there. on there yes. you know i want to know but that is awesome that you've got yes your way of thinking your <laughs> way of tasting your palate and you've got his palate there also that's that's huge bud because let's be real most yeah. of our families thinks that we cook the best food in the world well yeah because it's free number one number right, two right. they get a lot of it <laughs> it's free that's it so and he yeah, knows what you're yeah. trying to accomplish he understands no, the well, professionalism we barbecue. do what well yes a hundred hundred well first thing i was saying we didn't grow up with barbecue so it's a little more all foreign to us we grew up with pizza and uh, meatballs on sundays so, it's been, you know, we're all learning as a family. And I think he always tends to, well, at least in the beginning, he would mention things in my competition barbecue like, oh, I really love the bark on that. You know, he, he, he looks at it as old school barbecue, but he's learning that maybe bark isn't necessarily the most important thing in competition barbecue. Maybe, uh, you know, that, that black, when they say black gold, that's not really what you want in competition barbecue. So he, as a family, we're learning. We've always been learning. We'll continue to learn really, uh, you know, the ins and outs of barbecue. Nice. Nice. Well, I, are you going to plan on doing any, uh, another class? I think we'll do one every off season until, um, till, we need to do another one. I definitely think I want to cap it at 12 people, which we did. And I only cooked 12 pieces of chicken. So I just, I'm being dead honest with everybody. I did a cook. I just did a cook of what we normally do. Like it was a competition that day. And I think doing more than 12 pieces, setting up another smoker, you know I mean, making it more of a, I'm cooking barbecue to feed these 20 people. I think you change a little bit. So I, I think we're going to continue to cap it at 12 because the smaller the amount of people, the more they can learn. And if we have to do more next off season, we'll do it. But you know, I like where we're at with that. It was fun. I was a first class. Nice. So you learned off of it also, even with your students in the class. That's it. I, honestly, because I was able to really work through my thoughts and, you know, let them step inside my head and say, I could do this, could do that. This is why this happened. I was happy. We picked up a ton of color on the butts and brisket, like a ton of color inside of an hour. Cause I had to run the temperature of that pit up so hot. It was freezing out. So I was like 30 degrees, the coldest I've ever cooked a competition. So I just said, guys, we picked up a lot of color. Look what I'm going to do. Flip it. <laughs> I just flipped all the meat. That's it. So it was a real time things go wrong it wasn't bad at the end of the day when you saw the pictures of the boxes you would never know but i think we picked up so we just flipped everything that's it 
you know, every time we've done a class, we, Martin, he's my brother. He cooks with me most all the time also, just like you. It seems like we learn something ourselves, and we pick up a trick or a tip just just because of the way we had to do it. And we're like, why don't we actually instill that? That is so genius. It just, yeah, I'm with you. It seems like there's something <laughs> right. that always happens. You're like, I don't know why I never thought of that. It's different when you take the time and be extra thorough and explain to everybody because you're, you're harping on fundamentals and then in, in, internally you're harping on yourself for fundamentals. Say, Man, I, I need to make sure I actually am thinking the right thoughts going into each situation you're faced with. Well, it kind of goes back to that old saying, you don't know what you don't know until you got to teach it. <laughs> that says right. <laughs> and I'm lucky to be able to do that every single day. Kids. Yeah. I tell you what, what I appreciate is you coming on here and it's, it, I didn't want to ask for recipes. That's not what I would like to do here, but I appreciate you giving us the way you think, why you think, how you approach or look at stuff. I mean, the process of your recipe is as important because of one thing, two things, three things. Um, I think just the way you're approaching barbecue, I think you're going to be in this for a long, long time, but I really do appreciate it. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That means a ton to me, Dave. I, I really do appreciate that. Well, thank you. Um, why don't you tell everybody real quick where they can follow you? Um, social media, websites, and, and give a shout-out to all your sponsors. Well, we're most active on Instagram, uh, at Top Gun Barbecue, and we are sponsored by Prairie Fresh, Royal Oak, Smoke Firewood, and the one and only Butcher's Barbecue. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, Will, <laughs> we've been 39 minutes, and you're not getting out of it that easy usually here on every one of our podcasts here towards <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I i've got some simple ones yeah i know i've been listening uh, yeah we've got some simple ones here so it's not much but i'll explain to everyone what we're doing here in the warehouse we've got a lot of injectors and we're going to inject um dan with a truth serum we're going to ask him some questions and he has to be truthful with it but but don't get me wrong the, these are simple ones okay what type of movies do you watch mm -hmm. <laughs> are you sci-fi uh, are you scary or are you sports. i mean See, what what's your favorite type of movie no i say uh sport between sports movies and mob movies sports movies and mob. okay well what's your favorite movie yeah oh wow uh Oh no! Is it Goodfellas comes to mind first? Maybe it's oh Bronx Tale. Sorry, Bronx Tale. I'd say pound for pound, it's Bronx Tale. All right, all right. What's the last one you've watched? I'm just curious. What's the last movie you've actually watched the, that that you? That, the last. Oh jeez. Um, what's the movie with this, uh, whatever the one with Seth Rogen is a is a mall cop? Observe and report. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's All the right. last one. Outside of barbecue, what is your favorite type of food? Okay, you've mentioned what you like. What, what We know everybody, it's pizzas and subs up there. But okay, outside of this, what is your favorite type of food? What's, what's your 
What, what's your favorite one? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's besides pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, pizza's oof, I, I, pizza's right up there with barbecue for me. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, but let- I just said it's kind of Italian food. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: your pizza. What what what's your toppings? What what is Dan's toppings for the top of a pizza? Well, I mean, I, let me say, I, I'll tell you what. I think every style, whether it's you know thin and crispy or a, a Sicilian, I think every style shines with different toppings. If that makes sense. So, like yep. a grandma pie, which is like a thin square. I love I love sausage on that. Sausage, red onion, fresh garlic, ricotta cheese, uh, but a thin, a nice thin, crispy, maybe some pepperonis that happen to cup a little bit with the grease there. I think that would have to be it. Now that you're you're spot on. I spent a little bit of time up in New England, <laughs> um, and and I didn't realize I'm I'm from Oklahoma. Okay, we we do we chicken fry everything down here. All right. <laughs> I get up there and walked in, and the the outside would say New York style pizza, or um, like you said, Sicilian style. Uh, and I'm like, "What do you mean? There's pizza? That's all I know of." So I was educated. Just oh to, no, no. Oh, I, boy, did I get the lessons? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like going yeah, to Philly and uh, talking Detroit. about Detroit. How about Detroit? Yes, yes. Very yeah, much so. Thinks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, Dan, you got anything you want to throw out there? Uh, no, just a, a, a thank you to you and um, thank you to our sponsors. And just that I'm really excited to get this, get this season rolling. And thank you to everybody who helps us grow the sport. And uh, thank you to everyone who came to our class. That was cool. If anybody else was interested, let, let us know. Uh, see everybody out there. Hopefully, I'll see you probably at the Royal next. Uh, I'm going to Virginia. That's about as far North Carolina, maybe, in July. But I probably won't see you to the Royal. All right. Hey, when is going to be your first contest? Urbana, Virginia, double the uh, end of March. And I'm going to do a few practices leading up to that. All right. All right. Yeah. End of March. That, that's about the same time we're going to be hitting it. We're hitting. It uh, seems like it's the end of March is our first one, first of April, um, somewhere right in that ballpark. Got a couple conventions to go to, um, trade show type things in March. So I've been kind of kind of leery of signing up for any then, but we're kind of about in the same boat then. But well, Dan, that's all I got, man. I want to mm-hmm. say thanks for taking the time, and I'm glad we finally hooked up. Um, everybody. You need to listen in to the guy coming up here at the end. He's going to give you some instructions on how to like and share this and 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 appreciate everyone listening to our podcast. Dan, thanks again for coming on. And everybody, that's it. We're done. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast. <laughs>